Before I start the show today, I just wanted to jump ahead of it and say thank you to our guest. Not thank him for coming on the show because I did that on the show and thanked him several times for that, but I forgot to thank him. I didn't thank him and I should thank him for helping me out in many situations spiritually uh, a few years ago when I was transitioning into being a Presbyterian, when I was coming over to see Presbyterianism as what the Bible teaches. So I want to thank him for that. And for some other times I've reached out to him. He's been like a spiritual mentor to me. He's pastored me, even though he was never directly my pastor. I was never under his pastoral authority or the authority of his session. But he helped me through a lot of decision-making that a pastor would at a time when I was not under the pastor I'm under now. So I want to thank him. So Brad, thank you very much for being there for me and continuing to be there for me when I reach out to you with with any questions that I have or any uh, prayer requests. So thank you, Brad. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate that we are brothers in Christ. So thank you, and thanks again for coming on the show. So everyone, please enjoy Pastor Brad Evans and our interview. Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. We are part of the Christian Podcast Community. You can check out this and many other great podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.org. My name is Daryl and the word of God says from 2 Timothy chapter 4, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry." And that is one of my favorite. I say that every week when I read scripture. That is one of my favorite scriptures. But they're they're all good. But I, I love that how Peter, or sorry, how Paul, is urging Timothy, and not just by his own authority as an apostle, but by by Jesus Christ. He, he's urging him to preach the word, and that is important to preach the word because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. And my guest today is going to discuss that because he's been preaching the word for a lot of years. And he continues to do so. And that is my my good friend who I've met in person before I actually met him on Twitter. A lot of my guests I have never met in person or I've met them in person after I've met them on this great social media platform called Twitter. But this one I actually met before I met him on Twitter. And that is Pastor Brad Evans. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Daryl. And thank you for uh, inviting me on your, on your show. And mm-hmm. I have fond memories of... Uh, when we met at that conference in New York City, I was really pleased to uh, start a friendship with you. Yeah, that, that was great. We, we met at a, uh, a training for open-air preachers in New York City run by uh, Bill Adams from uh, Sports Outreach. Um, yep. And that is a great organization. What they do is they mainly go to sporting events and preach the gospel in the open air because that's where crowds will gather, whether it is you know a local 
Major League Baseball game or even to the Super Bowl. They get a lot of people. But this was a training that we we met and uh, Pastor Brad did a couple teachings with us, with the group alongside of Al Baker. So we did that in the morning and then we went out to Union Square and preached the gospel in the open air. There was about, I forget how many of us, maybe 15 to 20. It was, yeah, it was a good probably, number of yeah. people. Good yeah, number of yeah. men preaching the word, but that was great. Yep. And I hope to get, I hope to get an opportunity. I haven't been out probably since then because COVID hit like a few months later, I believe. Yes. Like about, yes. yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So I haven't been out in the open air. I, ha- I have done some ex- exhortation in the, in the pulpit. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about preaching the word of God. But before we do that, we'll, we'll just fill in uh, the listening audience a little bit about yourself. You know, maybe your your background, if you grew up Christian, and what you're currently doing. So yes, um, I didn't grow up in a Christian uh, family. Um, I do remember a great grandmother singing hymns which as a child didn't really mean much to me, but I do remember that. Um, other than that, my, my father's side of the family, my mother's side of the family, and then in my nuclear family where I grew up, we were go to church on Christmas and Easter type of people. And um, I don't know if in any of those years I ever heard the gospel, if I did, Um, I wasn't paying any attention. Um, but when I was probably, uh, well, probably I was probably 11 or 12 maybe. And then for a few years after that, my mom decided that my brother and me should go to Sunday school. So she would drop us at Sunday school at this Methodist church near us and then pick us up after. And, um, through that Methodist church, they had a youth leader and, and um, who uh, invited me to go to a youth retreat. And I found out later that there were several kids in that group who had been praying for me, unbeknownst to me, they'd been praying for me, which I found out later, which I thought was really uh, moving to me. So we went to this youth retreat in the woods in Pennsylvania and at a camp, Methodist camp. And uh, the preacher was a fiery fundamentalist, take no prisoners, <laughs> evangelist. And uh, honestly, uh, we're going to talk about preaching later. He preached in a way that I wouldn't want to preach really, <laughs> honestly. But I'll tell you what, I got the point um, that Christ died for sinners and we were in trouble with God unless we turned to Christ. I got the point. Mm-hmm. And I think I was brooding on that through this weekend. And this one, a, a pastor who, not the preacher, but a pastor who was a counselor there, took me aside and he was talking with me. And, uh, you know, I told him that I didn't really know the Lord and I didn't really know what to do. And he shared with me from John 6, verse 37, where Jesus says, um, he who comes to me, I will never cast out. And. I can only say with John Wesley, I felt my heart strangely warmed. And I, I think God had done a regenerating work in me with a, just a seed of knowledge. I mean, about as minimal knowledge as you could ever have that Jesus, the God man, said, if you, if, if you come to me, I will never cast you out. And I really believe that. You know, I thought it was just the most, the best good news I, I, I've ever heard. 
Um, and I really, I probably didn't go, go and not, you know, I probably didn't go through getting convicted of my sins really until later. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's supposed to happen the opposite way, <laughs> but Jonathan Edwards said it doesn't always happen the same way <laughs> for everyone. And, uh, it didn't for me, but I really do believe that, uh, I was, I was born again and, um, I came home and I told my mother about it. And the next, then I, you know, this testimony was like, I was blind and now I see that was it. And I came home from school the next day and my mother had tears in her eyes and she'd gotten down on uh, her knees beside her bed and wrestled with God. And she had become a Christian and she really did become a Christian. I mean, the woman was amazing for the rest of my life, rest of her life. Uh, faithful, steadfast, humble, simple Christian. Um, so I, I often think of that and I, and I give thanks to God. Um, just another little piece of my story. I, I said, um, John six thirty seven. Uh, it wasn't until some years later that I began to realize there was a first part of that verse, hmm. which Jesus says, all that the father gives me will come to me. And I and, and that just about took my breath away when I realized that. I mean, I probably read it before, but, but but to let it sink in. So the reason I came to Jesus at that retreat was because in eternity the Father said, "I'm going to give this guy Brad Evans, this this ignorant kid, to Jesus." Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> what a blessing to realize that. And I suppose that's when I started to become what you might call reformed, you know, or, mm. or Calvinistic. But uh, wow, what, what, a, what a blessing. And um, I think from pretty early on, just in kind of an, an inarticulate way, but just sort of in an inarticulate way, I wanted to, to, to share the, that with other people. I wanted to, I really had a hunger for the Bible. And I really wanted to teach other people. And in fact, in that Methodist church, they gave me some opportunities to teach right away, which I think was a mistake. <laughs> not new converts. You're not supposed to let new converts free. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. God's sovereignty. And um, so I, uh, but, but that did really whet my appetite for wanting to be a preacher. And, and here, here's a funny thing. Daryl, I mean, growing up as a teenager, I was never a get up in front of the crowd kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was involved in the typical teenage sins, you know, the teenage wasteland and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, all that kind of stuff, but never like the leader of the pack and never in class wanting to stand up and talk to never. Um, but now that I'd met the Lord, I ha- I was fearless about it. And, and I can only say that was from the Holy Spirit because it's not naturally who I am. Um, I just loved standing up with an open Bible and telling people about the Lord. And so, and I ended up going to seminary then uh, later. And uh, this was Westminster Seminary because I wanted to study counseling, pastoral counseling. I also had a pastoral desire. Uh, they had a good program there. And that led me to, be, to becoming a Presbyterian. And um, I started out then after seminary as an assistant pastor at a church in Philadelphia. And then later I moved to Connecticut, where I was a pastor for 38 years. Wow. That's a PCA church, Presbyterian Church in America. It, it, it's very similar to, to me, uh, you know, because I feel called now into ministry and preaching and 
Yeah. And, and you yeah. know, speaking in front of people and same thing when I was, when I was a kid and, or in high school, I hated getting in front of the class. Like yep. Yep. I, I yep. feared it. And then when I went to college, I had to take public speaking and I did, I wanted yep. to put that class off, even though it was going to be a teacher. I went to school for music education, but it was different. Like it's one thing to teach music and be in front of some kids, but sometimes in front of your peers and to present. And I didn't, I didn't want to do it, but similar, like coming to the Lord, I want now to tell everybody about Christ. And yes. it's, a, it's a different fear that I have now when I, when I exhort, it's, it's a fear of, I don't want to get this wrong because it is the words of eternal life. So there's that, that I, I want to honor God first. So if I have anything wrong or if I find out that I said something wrong, I want somebody to call me on it, but then I feel even worse. Not because, because of what, what was wrong. Like I don't want to lead anybody astray. There's so many false teachers out there and I don't even want to accidentally be one of them. So it's a different fear, right. but yeah, it's that, but it's not a fear of, of, of what I'm trying to communicate because I want pe- people need to hear this and it is totally yes. you know, God yes. change, changing the heart of a person to, to now, even their personality changes in a way that, okay, I want you now to, to tell people where to find eternal life. So it's, it's a, totally the power of God. Uh, and yep. you said you're uh, 38 years you were, you were pastoring. Yep. Wow. That is- and I, I retired about four years ago and then I think the Lord has called me back into service. If you, I mean, I, I did a lot of preaching even when I was retired. Mm-hmm. Once you're a preacher, you can, it doesn't go out of your system. Let me tell you, Daryl. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about when you're my age. You'll say, you know, I still pre-. anyway. So I have accepted a call as a part-time interim pastor of a small church, struggling mm-hmm. church up in northern um, Massachusetts. So I'm really looking and, I, and I've started and I'm, I really, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. I couldn't, I guess, you know, when you're in ministry or even a Christian, you don't ever really retire like from no. sharing the gospel. You have, you know, you, there's right. always opportunities to serve. So you might just do it in a different way, but there's always opportunities to to keep serving. Absolutely. So yes, how, how did, so it was, I was going to ask you this next question and I think you already answered it, but how did you become called to pastor? It was just something once you once you came to the Lord, it was just that 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 call that you felt to now tell people. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, writers about this talk about an internal call and an external call. And I think both of those things are important. Um, Yeah, the internal call was just. um, um, Just a burning in my heart. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah, the word of God is like a fire in my bones. Yeah. And I'm, I'm convinced the preachers are pretty much born, not made. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what I mean by that is you have the fire and then God can shape, God gives you the fire and then God can shape it through training. Right. But you can do all the training you want. You know, I have a dear friend who was a pastor for a while and he hated to preach. I mean, he liked counseling. He liked crisis ministry and stuff like that. He hated to preach. Hmm. Um, well, you can't, you can't make a pre- preachers are born. They're not made. I'm convinced hmm. of it. You know, yeah. John Bunyan never had any formal training. Um, the erudite John Owen said, I'd give anything if I could preach like John Bunyan, hmm. you know, and he just, he was just full of the Bible. He just full of Christ and full of the Bible. But that's what I mean. He was born to preach, born again. Maybe I should say right. it that way. He's yeah. born again to preach. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, his experiences shaped him, but, uh, what was I talking about? 
Oh, how I, how I, and then there's an external call mm-hmm. by which the church, I, I believe strongly that the church, whether you're a Presbyterian or independent or whatever it is, in some form, the church has to recognize your call. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for one thing, that saves you from being deluded about it. You know, uh, what was that movie, The Apostle, and the guy anointed himself as an apostle? Is that Robert Duvall? I think he drained himself. Uh, I, as an I haven't seen that movie. I've heard of it. But I haven't seen it. It's yet. a marvelous, yes. a, a, it's a marvelous performance mm-hmm. <laughs> of a false teacher. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but anyway, so people informally would tell me when I would teach and preach, "We think you have the gift. We are blessed by your ministry." Uh, I think that's important. Um, and then to be in my in my in our polity, yours too, you're examined by a presbytery, mm-hmm. and if you're approved, they lay their hands on you and. Um, so that's the external call. And I think that's really important uh, because there are days in the ministry you'll look back and you'll feel discouraged. You'll feel like you're not being fruitful and it's helpful. It's kind of like your baptism, you know, mm. look, I'm baptized. Right. That's an objective thing I can look at and you can say, I'm called. I've, mm. I've been set aside for this and God knows what he's doing. So, so both and come back at me if I didn't answer your question, but internal and external call. Uh, that's perfect. And, and I forget who I was talking to on, on the show before. I think it might, might have been Matt Klein. He uh, has a podcast called Restless. And we were talking about called men, qualified men, trained men in ministry. Yep. And a lot yep. of denominations yep. don't do that. They'll just, yep. you know, somebody that has, you know, maybe some zeal for the Lord. And they automatically just, just put them in that position when they haven't, like, been tested and tried. And then a lot of, a lot of you know, charismatic leaders, not not necessarily charismatic churches but charismatic leaders will be in that right. position right. and not right. know the word of god they know a few verses and then they use them out of context and then we see what happens with that right um, right so let, let's get down to it why why is it important to to have the word preached during the lord especially during the lord's day service um i know a lot of churches and I, i've actually been to a few that that had a sunday service where they didn't even preach the word maybe they had you know uh, like a, a a panel discussion or some other thing, but I believe it's important that the word must be preached at the Lord's day service. Um, and I think you would probably agree with that, but why would it Absolutely. be, why would it be important? Absolutely. Why is, why is the word, the preached word so very important on the Lord's day service? I think it's very moving that in his final epistle where Paul knew his end was imminent and he's writing to Timothy of all the things he could have said to him, and, and he, he didn't just say one thing, he said several things, but but his kind of his climax that he builds up to is preach the word. Uh, in season and out of season, preach the word. And uh, he, su- he supports that by saying that all scripture is God-breathed and it's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness, and is able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's why the word should be preached. That's the apostolic exhortation, building on what the prophets before them said. Um, Those who are duly called to this office, preach the word, because that's how people become wise unto salvation, and that's how people grow in this salvation. The the Westminster uh, Larger Catechism and shorter catechism say, this is interesting, that God makes the reading 
but especially the preaching of his word an effectual means of salvation. Now, I think that's really interesting that, that we probably in, in our modern evangelicalism might say it, might reverse it and might say, well, preaching's nice. You know, it's good. You find a good preacher once in a while, but, but it's your personal devotions that really matter. I mean, it's really personally studying the Bible. And I'm all in favor of personally studying the Bible. I think that's great. I hope everybody does it every day and prays. I think that's great. But, but, but our, our fathers in the faith said, but it's especially the preaching of the word that God makes an effectual means of salvation. And I think the, the, the reason for there, I think there's a reason for that. Um, and that is because uh, preaching is the, is the means that most conforms to the message. The message is good news about Jesus Christ, about his death, his burial, his resurrection, his essential. And that message has to be heralded, has to be proclaimed, not just read, not just shared or discussed. Those are all good things to do. But, but supremely, the method that's suited to the good news is you go out in a herald and, and you say, now hear this, I have the greatest news for you that you're ever going to hear. And when I hear a preacher, you know, Lloyd-Jones says, Martin Lloyd-Jones said, I can forgive a preacher a lot of things, and so can I. But I want to hear them proclaim like they really believe this. <laughs> like this is really good news. I don't want to hear an academic lecture. That they're great in their place. I don't want to hear just a sharing of some stories about what happened to your life this week. I want to hear you proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think preaching is important for those for the for those reasons. Yeah, and and some of my favorite preachers, and I'll say even my pastor, when he preaches, I believe he believes what he's saying, and that's yeah. That's that's what you want. That's what and that when I've exhorted, I, I hope people believe that I believe what I'm saying because I do believe it. And and that yeah, that conviction that comes across like this guy isn't just preaching at me. He's preaching to himself as well because he believes what he's saying. And yes. and that's you can you can yes. in the writings of Paul, like he believes what he's saying when he's writing to Timothy, what, you know, and he's comforting him saying, Hey, you know, this, you know, the word you you've been trained in the word, Timothy. Now you go and tell people you go and preach this because this, you believe this as well. So now you go and tell people what you believe, because these are the words of eternal life. And there are people that have itching ears that are, that, that hear what somebody else is saying. And they, you know, whether it's the Judaizers that want to add law to it or whatever else that, that people add nowadays to, you know, this health, wealth, prosperity, but they've gotten away from just preaching the pure gospel, the pure word of God and, and Christ from, from every, every text of, of scripture. Um, so we see that in churches. Why do you think some churches have gotten away from just preaching the word? Yeah. I wrote down a couple of things here that I was, that I've been thinking about uh, in, in answer to your, to your question. Um, well, I think some of it is is the spirit of the age, a spirit of doubt and uncertainty um, about the power of the word, um, and almost like we apologize for it, you know, because people, the culture rails on fundamentalists who believe the Bible and 
you know, we don't want to appear that way and we don't want to appear judgmental and, and things like that. So, so I think in part, it's the, it's the, uh, it, it's the spirit of the age and a, and a kind of doubt. Um, I think for some preachers, we're in competition, if you want to say, with many messages. I mean, it's incredible how many messages we hear in a day. Oh, we have another guest uh, on the podcast. I <laughs> My see. dog came on over. <laughs> hey. Um, what breed is your dog? Uh, Boston Terrier. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that um, there are many messages, Hollywood, movies, you know, um, radio, television, um, all kinds of things blaring at you, uh, emails, texts, all this kind of stuff. And I think sometimes we, we are intimidated by that and we feel like our message is maybe not as pizzazzy as those messages are, you know. And um, so people try to maybe jazz up the church, you know, to make it more appealing. And so maybe we'll have drama instead of preaching or maybe we'll have a much bigger emphasis on lively music than preaching. Or maybe we'll cut the preaching down to 15 minutes. You know, we'll have a 15 minute homily um i think that kind of all 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 fits in fits into it um i think i think people do often have we live in a soundbite world you know so we're used to real brief messages and i think sometimes we're intimidated as preachers to think is somebody really going to listen for half an hour i mean really or or 40 minutes or i mean even 25 minutes and I think we, we, we get sort of intimidated by that. And, and people do somewhat have a, a short attention span. Um, I think parents wor- worry about their children. And so sometimes pressure is put on a preacher there. To, oh, don't preach so long. Fill it with stories that the kids can relate. I, know, I think there's a whole bunch of stuff yeah. going on that, that explains that. And, and even churches I've been in that kind of gone away from preaching the, the the pure word i believe you know these pastors are well-intentioned i believe they have yes they yes. you know they're, so they i don't think most of them aren't doing it because you know they don't believe the bible or because they have bad intentions they want right. people to be saved they want people to come to right. christ right. but i don't believe they're doing it in in the proper god-ordained way right. and and sometimes it's hard to have those conversations but they need to be had. They need to be lovingly had because even our brothers and sisters that, that are in those churches are, are doing that. Sometimes they don't know. Maybe that's the only church they grew up in or that, or they came out of like, for me, I came out of Roman Catholicism. So then I, I come to the Lord and then I'm going to a, a church that has like a worship team. They have a light show and I'm, I'm thankful for my time there, but I'm thinking like, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be done. And the way, like, you know, more of a liturgical worship with, like, more of a, you know, with the centered around the preached word is, is you know, not the way to do it because now I'm in this, I'm saved, now I'm going to this other church. But the more I studied and the more I was digging into the word and hearing sound teachers, my view changed on that. And that's what brought me around to Reformed faith and to be Presbyterian uh, because I see even even in the liturgy, it's it's all filled with gospel, and there's a reason for the call to worship right up to the end with the benediction. There's reasons for that, but it all centers around the the preached word, and the word is preached throughout throughout the service. You know, so it's not just 
yeah. here's three three or four songs and then we're gonna have the preaching and then you know whatever right it's it's all focused on on the gospel on christ and on on salvation and praising the lord it's all god focused that dialogical focus right. um so i think it's sometimes I, i've heard i've heard I've heard Lincoln Duncan at Reformed Seminary put it this way. He says, in the service, the word of God is read, sung, prayed, and preached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. I think that's what you were just saying. Yeah. I mean, that, that's absolutely that, right. That's like my uh, my Sunday morning tweet. tweet. I say, uh, <laughs> uh, Christians go gather. Oh, oh, my son's popping in here now. You want to say hi? Getting the whole family here. Yeah. Go ahead, talk to hey, him. buddy. Hold a handsome. <laughs> Hi, dogs. All right, my dog's barking. I'm a professional. <laughs> um, I, 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 if I could just say something about, um, you know, you can talk about what what all the problems are and why why churches turn away from preaching, but I can say with you know really over 40 years experience preaching God's word. Now, of course, it all depends on the work of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but a vast diversity of people can benefit from sermons yes. from little children. You know, I was going through some files I had the other day and there was a, a card that a mom had written out for her two five-year-old boys. This is years ago. They're grown men now. They said, we liked your sermon about Jacob wrestling with God. Hmm. And I thought, so five-year-olds can hear the word, right? They, they can get something out of it. Five-year-olds can, mm-hmm. uh, teenagers can. Uh, young moms, busy moms can. Older saints can hear can hear the word and get something out of it. That's one of the things I love about preaching. If you preach pastorally, not not academically, but if you preach pastorally, right. I really think it can speak to a wide variety of people. Mm-hmm. Educated, uneducated, simple, complicated, rich, poor, whatever it is. Um, the word of God goes out and it doesn't come back void. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my pastor had me do this exercise. He said, all right, the next next uh, sermon that you're going to exhort, he's like, think of five people, five different types of people, you know, maybe a single mom, uh, you know, a teenage boy and, you know, just five people. And how can this apply to them? And just think of them as you're as you're writing. And that, that was that was great because it's like, yep. All right. How does this text apply to these, you know, five different groups and who knows who's in the congregation, who's not visitors that day, but yeah, just that application. And you're right. The preached word does apply to everyone. It does. But, and that's God intended it that way. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. And, and so when you think of it that way, you don't have to do these other like gimmicky things to try to reach like, Oh, we have to get younger, you know, the church is getting older. We have to now appeal to a younger crowd. Maybe we should have this or that. And again, well-intentioned, but if, if God is sovereign and he uses, chooses the means of, of the ordinary means of grace, the preached word, then he can reach any age group, any, any, you know, race, gender, it doesn't matter. The preached word will hit them where it needs to be. Yeah. So yep. speaking of the word, yep. usually sometimes I'll ask for my guests to do to say something encouraging. So you can you can encourage our, our listening audience, but I also want you to, to share the gospel with them. What is the, this words of eternal life that that need to be preached? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and after that, he appeared to more than five hundred people. Um, that's the gospel. Um, 
now we have to, you know, that, that's really a, dis- you know, Machen said, Christ died, that's history. Christ died for our sins, that's theology. Mm. But there it is, right there in a nutshell. Christ died in history, uh, the Son of God come in the fullness of time. He died, and what that means is he died for our sins, for the sins of his people. And he was buried and he was raised on the third day. And that's the nub of the gospel. That's that's the core of it right there. And uh, we're called by the grace of the Holy Spirit to repent and to believe it with simple childlike faith. And uh, if we believe it, we will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right. And Jesus will never cast us out. He will never cast us out. You know, by the way, John Bunyan has a wonderful book called it's in the little banner of truth puritan paperback series called come and welcome to jesus christ and it's an exposition of john six thirty seven. i only discovered it a few years ago but it's wonderful it's one of my favorite books it's all about that awesome i, I will have to pick that up and add that to my reading list and i know i'm gonna be reading if if lord willing i just applied to uh, when i got accepted into westminster's uh, online mdiv uh, all right yeah so that was uh, my seminary too yeah all right so uh just hoping Good that for things, you, brother. Think, thank you hoping things line up and the lord uh allows certain things to fall into place that i may start there in the summer so pray for that if you will yeah. but before i let you go i'm going to ask you this fun question that i've been asking all my guests i'm going to switch it up soon i think um so this is the fun question did, did you look up or did you already know who nicholas kim coppola is I do not. I, I wasn't. I, I meant to ask you what I was supposed to do with that question. I did okay. not look it up. You want me to Google it right now? If, if you want to Google, or I could tell you who he is. But go ahead and you Google. Just tell me. Okay, I'll tell you. Nicholas Cage, the actor. Oh, the the, the wonderful actor, actor Nicholas Cage. Have you seen any Nicholas Cage movies? I'm sure I have. Okay. Um. <laughs> let's see. Should I have to? Am I supposed to name one? You don't have to name I'm sure one, I but, have. But, you, but you will name one if you answer this question. Here's the, here's the question. All right. So think, think of a Nicolas Cage movie that you like, and this is what I ask people. If a Nicolas Cage movie was real life, what character would you play? And you can't be anybody that Nicolas Cage is playing in the movie. So basically, it's a supporting role. What character would I be in a in a Nicolas Cage movie? Right. It, so you know, you're asking a guy who's 70 years old, so <laughs> I may not be as familiar with Nicolas Cage movies. Now, if you ask me about a John Wayne movie, you know, or something, did he do that one about the uh, about the national treasure, the, yes. the one they found? In mm-hmm. did he do that one? Yes. Okay, I remember that one. Nicolas right. Cage is in that. Okay. That, yes. Is, so one is it one, called national national treasure, and there's national yeah, treasure okay. two. There's a sequel. Okay, I don't think I've seen the sequel. Okay. Yeah, the first one, they, they steal the Declaration of Independence. That's the Yes, 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 yes. But I don't remember what character I'd like to be. I'm really letting you down. I'm really <laughs> blowing okay. this podcast. No, it's my no. first time ever on a podcast, and I'm blowing it. Oh, wow. I feel honored. This is the first podcast you've been on. Excellent. This is my first podcast. First time I've ever been on one, yeah. All right. Be very memorable. Uh, I'm sure you'll be asked after this because I have such a vast listening base to, <laughs> to be on other podcasts. We have a good podcast. I listened to your previous one talking to uh, the fellow from uh, uh, who? Who was your most recent one? Was it Michael you were talking to? Uh, your most recent podcast. 
Well, I posted one. No one, compromise no, radio. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Mike, yeah, Mike Abendroth. Yeah. That was good. That was very mm-hmm. good. You asked him. You asked him the same question. What is the gospel? He gave yeah. a fuller explanation than I did. No, that's it. No, it's, it's great. Hey, you know, you asked me to encourage people. Let can I just say a brief word of that? Please. My first please. sermon series at my new church is going to be uh, Philippians. Um, and I'm just going through the first two verses of it. And P- Paul says, as he often does, uh, grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to say that if you're a Christian, as, as sinful and mixed up and confused sometimes as you are, as we all are, if you're a Christian, do you realize that that's God's attitude towards you? That's what God is giving you and intends to give you. He's not angry at you. He's not wrathful. He's not ready to bring down the hammer on you. He is saying, I'm offering you grace and peace. That's what I'm giving you for life. That's my intention. That's my heart. And I think sometimes, Daryl, even as Christians, that's that's such good news that it's hard to believe it. Amen. That's really God's attitude toward me grace and mm. peace but it is mm. amen praise god yes. i hope that encourages you yes it encourages me it definitely encourages me um so where can can people find you i i believe you have sermons on sermon audio is that where you can find they have been in the past in my new church we have uh we're getting a lot of things reorganized so i hope soon to be back on sermon audio but yes i have a whole backlog of sermons on sermon audio you can hear um, a lot of people have liked my series on Song of Songs. That's one of yes. the last ones I preached before I retired. Mm. That's really kind of enjoyable to listen to that. Not that I'm a great preacher, but just that's a great book, and it was really mm. enjoyable to dig into it. Yeah, I, I listened to the that series. It was fantastic. So go listen to that. And would, it, would they just look for Brad Evans? Is that Yeah, what? just Brad Evans, uh, Presbyterian Church of Coventry, Connecticut. Yeah, I'm on Sermon Audio, yeah. And uh, what is your Twitter so people can, can uh, look you up on Twitter? It's uh, at, at BD Evans. Is that what it is? Yeah, at BD Evans sixty one. Isn't it? Isn't that what it is? Let me just. Yeah. I think that's what it is. See, three, I'm so uh, three score and ten. <laughs> yeah, three score and ten is the. Yeah, it's at BD Evans sixty one. Excellent. So tweet me, and if yeah. and if you tweet me the link for this podcast, I can tweet that to my people so they mm-hmm. can hear more of your podcast if you want. Thank you. Yes, I will. I will tag you on it. So um, if there's nothing else for us to say, we, we want to, again, encourage you to trust in Christ. Come to the Lord. Come see a man who told me all that I've done, yet he loves me anyway. He died for my sins. He rose again. He's sitting at the right hand of God, the Father, and he's coming again to judge the quick and the dead. But if you are in Christ, as we said before, he will never cast you out. You are in his hand. You are in the Father's hand, and you will not get out of the double grip of God. Because he loved you, God the Father sent his son to die for you. So turn to Christ and live. We pray you continue to seek the kingdom of God. Check out all the podcasts in the Christian podcast community. Find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. Drive safe, baby. Dogs barking. I'm a professional.